Hello and welcome back to another solo episode of Game Changers. In this episode, I'm so, so grateful to the owners um, of the platform of Durham Survivors who answered questions via email with me to secure their anonymity. Um, it's a new platform that's a safe space to amplify stories on campus, educate and support around sexual assault, sexual violence, university culture, um, especially getting people's stories out there and a preventative strategy to try and start the discussion and end the sexual violence discourse within Durham itself. Um, I think it's such a great opportunity that they've given me to in order to share their stories um, and share their opinions. Obviously, there is a trigger warning within this. There is a lot of discussion around sexual violence. Um, but I do honestly believe that the platform itself is so educational. Um, you can find them on Instagram under the handle Durham Survivors or simply type in Durham University Survivors. They have a lot of support, a lot of educational resources. It's not just for survivors, it's for everyone. And I really, really want to reiterate that. I learned more scrolling through their Instagram feed this morning than I have throughout my whole educational history. Um, and I think it's so great what they're doing, starting the discussion. So I'm so grateful for them for answering the questions. Um, and I'm just sorry they couldn't be here in person to answer it themselves because I'm sure they would be a lot more inspiring and do the, a lot more justice to it than I have, but I've tried my best and um, if you have any questions, they're so helpful and they are so, so happy for people to just slide into their DMs and have an open discussion about any topic. So without further ado, I'll get on to the questions. I want to begin with a powerful statement that I received from the Durham survivors whenever I asked them why this is so important and prevalent. They said, sexual assault is everyone's problem. As survivors, we've become hypersensitized to boundaries being crossed all around us and have realized how little discussion around consent plays into everyday actions and narrative. Sexual assault is committed due to choice to deliberately ignore your partner's consent, a misinformed way of acting. This is only possible because the language of consent is too infrequently enters the conversation. And when it does, it is used in a black and white framework, which rarely helps people navigate the complex and emotionally charged system of consent. Our page seeks to recalibrate these conversations, thereby destroying these harmful binaries. Allowing survivors to own and claim their stories in a safe space, we're creating a vehicle for empowerment. Telling these stories, we put a voice behind the binary and shatter it. And these voices teach us all that's what sexual assault looks like how it made them feel and educate everyone to become more attentive to boundaries being crossed so ignorance can no longer be claimed as non-deliberate. It was revealed that Durham University, as of 2018, had 26 reports of sexual misconduct in the last five years. This is the ninth highest number out of 150 British institutions examined according to the ITV investigation. Just under 5,000 current and past pupils, both male and female, from more than 150 British institutions were contacted. What we realised was it often takes a survivor or knowing a survivor before conversations open up about sexual assault. As survivors ourselves, we followed in the footsteps of St Andrews and made up our own page for survivors at Durham to have a safe space to tell their story. Being a survivor means that we don't have a choice but to have conversations about sexual assault and think about consent and trauma frequently. If we want to tackle the causes of the incidents that caused our trauma, we feel that we have the responsibility to engage in everyone in these conversations. We felt compelled to build a community of survivors that together, through our platform, can have their voices amplified as a result of their courage. 
This work is tiring and we'd like to shift the burden off every individual survivor having to explain consent to their friends and families. The information distilled here can help act as a guideline and powerful resource to push forward conversations about consent within Durham and beyond. No doubt there's a vast amount of work to do on campus and university-wide to improve attitudes around sexual assault and misconduct. Anyone is capable of it and anyone is capable of surviving it. Due to the culture of silence, these truths are not widely spoken about. When they are spoken about, it's black and white simplistic language, which can send the survivor into a spiral of doubt about their experience. Discussions around consent are improving, but they're still relatively primitive and don't give enough nuanced practical advice about the way people should ne negotiate interpersonal relationships. We would like to think that we're in a more nuanced place to discuss the complexities of consent including body language, social signals, explicit and implicit forms of coercion, systematic structures which make people feel as though they cannot set hard boundaries and mental health issues. All of these conversations have begun to open out, which more accurately reflect the lived experience of survivors, and we hope to facilitate these conversations. Our platform hopes to educate about and reframe sexual assault so that every individual becomes more aware of consent in all contexts. The writer summed up the initiative beautifully and to me um, it actually personally choked me up because I wholeheartedly believe in everything they stand for and everything they're doing which brings me on to the purpose of the network which is to spread the conversation as much as possible. They said their overarching aim is to provide a safe space for survivors and open this conversation. It starts on Instagram, it's run by students and it's spread open discourse in the university which would be a huge step forward in creating an informed student body on sexual assault from a lived experience. Um, we can't stand as bystanders. We need to take the courage of these stories and make the promise that they won't go to waste, that it will contribute to fighting the forces that brought about the sexual assault. Put simply, if you are a student or you are a listener or you have any connection to a university body, this conversation starts with you. Share it with your friends, with your societies, talk about consent in a casual conversation and introduce the knowledge of terms that you learn from this platform and welcome it into everyday discussions. Um, check in on any survivors you know, ask them how you can be there for them and how you can be better. There is no shame in educating yourself and taking responsibility by rethinking your own sexual history and ask yourself if there's anything you would do differently. If something stands out that you've done wrong, apologise, learn and do better. Equally, if you've been affected by any of the stories or you learn that something isn't quite right that you'd like to discuss, don't be scared because support is available from your friends, from university and from any links that are provided through this platform. You're not alone and naming your instance simply means you can come to terms and confront it. Um, and that's what they have said on the page, that they're, we're all here for each other to support, to learn and educate ourselves. Being able to share our story provides a platform for us to help in our road or journey to recovery or coming to a point where we're able to process what's happened and also the impact it's had on us. That's something that hit me whenever I read that um, in reply to the purpose of the network because it shows how others can feel similarly isolated but you're not alone and take an example of people who have spoken out you can learn from how they've dealt with it and steps you can take to deal with your own trauma or help those around you. It also aims to provide a stepping stone not the finish line in starting an open discussion around sexual violence 
Um, it's a crisis which happens every year on campuses both in the UK and around the world and it damages so many people both in the act and the failure of institutions to adequately address or support the survivor. If we start from a point of trying to prevent sexual violence being normalised on campus, then we've completely missed that this has already happened. So the platform is there to educate and prevent, but it's also there to support, which is so, it's coming in at so many angles that even if you yourself aren't in the know of what sexual assault is, you can learn from it. And if you've experienced it yourself, you can equally go there and seek support and advice and a stepping stone to re real recovery from your incident. When I asked them who's the platform for, there was such a beautiful response in the fact that it is simply for everyone. Instagram is a digital space. Um, it's increasingly occupied and mobilised for political and social change. They said they're there to educate, tell silent stories, provide a safest place possible for stories to be encouraged and amplified. Primarily, they're there for survivors to get their own form of justice um, and it's a completely anonymous community, so it's the safest possible place to tackle the culture of silencing survivors without the risk of being named and feeling any stigma attached to that. The space creates the opportunity for people who have experienced sexual violence but don't know how to speak up and don't, what, don't see their experience represented, so they feel validated and less alone. So the focus truly is on empowering survivors to share their stories, breaking taboos around discussing these openly. This will aid your own journey to recovery, but also create solidarity for others that may, for a variety of reasons, feel very isolated. And this is because you can come to this page, you can look across stories, you can learn, and you can feel that support and encouragement if you are not quite in the position to share your story, share your truth, or you are there just as an ally looking to support people, um, which is such an important process. They did, however, note that it is an easy to access link of support so there is clear and digestible ways to address your trauma at your own pace. They're not professionals but they can direct you towards professional help if you are triggered by any of the stories or you are thinking of your own trauma or if you do just want to educate yourself even further. Um, it's definitely an educational platform which is ideal for people who want to take it at their own pace without pressure from other people um, especially when you are digesting it. Also on the point of people who haven't experienced any sexual assault or violence, um, they replied saying, these stories ask you to be better, to educate yourself and self-reflect, evaluate your own history and ask how you might approach consent differently. The stories can you make you uncomfortable, but they will make you speak about sexual assault frankly and never make a friend feel like they can't come to you after something happens to them. To clarify the submission process, um, stories can be submitted in a form through the Linktree website which is linked on their Instagram. It's a Google form to write your own story with a mission statement and guidelines, further support links and numbers as well as form to ask questions and send anonymous affirmation to the page or the stories. Now the process is very simple and anyone can access it but what I want to say is a direct quote from what I received when I asked about the submission process and it's something that I didn't think about until I recognised it when it was put in black and white and what it says is sexual violence has become so normalised that we now live in a culture of silence. 
It's far easier to stay quiet because of the hurdles in attempting to seek justice, which takes both a physical and emotional toll on survivors who are brave enough. The fact that we have to use the words brave shows the reality of just how challenging it is to report sexual violence and domestic abuse, especially when we look at the statistics of rapes rapes prosecuted in England and Wales at just 1.9%. Unfortunately, this culture creates different barriers for survivors in disclosing, including different genders, sexual and romantic orientation, race, disability, age and faith, to name a few, which again make it far easier for us to stay quiet, to avoid having to address additional problematic questions. The bravery needed to tell one's experience unfortunately extends beyond needing the courage to simply tell. It manifests into a deep worry and angst that it might not be worth it and you might not be believed. We want to aim for a space in which recounting your experience is always emancipatory in some way. This is something that actually hit with me because I feel like a lot of the time things will go said in social groups looking for clarity around whether it was sexual assault or abuse. This way here you can find a support network who know what they're talking about, who have done their research and can signpost you to support that is available rather than you self-doubting believing that maybe your story isn't worth it but any story that causes you any trauma or problems or makes you second guess your experience or makes you feel some sort of negative connotation towards it is worth speaking up about it is worth challenging and worth destigmatizing. I think it's also really important to recognise that all the stories will be interspersed with educational materials. So the conversation of 2020 is simply be better. So their Instagram is such an amazing place to start because it will have resources to learn and empower. It also signposts you to other survivor accounts, especially university-led ones and Women's Republic, Consent Workshop, Voices in Actions, things like that that show how all kinds of trauma have been perpetuated in society and how suffering needs to be recognised, listened to and how we can check in on all of our friends and educate ourselves, um, especially around respecting other people's boundaries in all forms of violence and assault. And on that I actually asked if there was anything they would recommend to the student body such as resources, awareness, how to be a good ally and I'd like to take this quote directly because I thought it was so powerful. From a survivor, carrying around the trauma is a sexual assault, is like having a heavy load placed on you by your perpetrator, as they project their insecurities and problems into disrespect and misuse of your body. It feels like your body and mind are used, rented out as a space for someone else's problems with little agency to reclaim it. To be a good ally, make sure you address your own insecurities. Become hyper self-aware and sit alone with yourself for some time to work yourself out of your own head. Never let someone else bear your load and seek to lighten your load through reflection or therapy. Don't deflect onto someone else. But be a good ally, you almost also have to recognise how heavy your friend's load is. If possible, offer to carry some. Walk around with them in Durham if they're worried about bumping into their perpetrator. Hold them accountable for their own well-being and help them through their self-care journey. It's something that really, really hit home for me because I think a lot of the time we can be passive bystanders when someone comes to us with their um, trauma, uh, especially in terms of holding them accountable for their own well-being. It's something that I never considered because you never want to be pushy or force anyone in into anything they don't want to. But when it comes to seeking help or showing them there is resources out there or spaces that they can impact and have change and have a thoughtful mindful conversation with them 
it is so possible for you to be the person that can initiate that and help them to reach out because sometimes a push in the right direction is better than no push at all. Which actually leads me to the most powerful line that I think they wrote to me and it was, Durham is full of people acting palatably at the expense of being honest with themselves. Now, this is in response to me asking if there is performance in terms of justifying assault as lad culture inherent in any uni life. Um, And obviously they brought up gaslighting, manipulation or assumption that discomfort is normal and should be accepted. Um, But this is wrong. Um, There is a culture to conform which is so evident and almost so evident that it's unnoticed. that when you speak up against it, people have a problem that this very tight-knit community will act as if you're going to fall out with everyone around you because you speak up against harassment, violence in any type or form. And it is a very real fear for a lot of survivors because the conversation is uncomfortable to begin with, but especially in a tight-knit community such as a university, the conversations are triply, doubly even harder because you have the risk of walking past that person in the street. Um, so it is a safe neutral place no identifiers are put on the forms and support is always there to help you and help your well-being and in my question about lad culture I think as well I was also called out in performing to what society is expected by inheriting a very much overused phrase of lad culture which kind of takes away the blame from the individual who has enacted such a horrible horrible violence against someone through sexual assault or harassment by pinning it as a social problem rather than something that we can work on at an individual level especially when it is so individualistic and so each story has its own truth Um, and I just like to quote what was told to me After graduating, I realised how much time I spent trying to adhere to the norms of uni life, and I've known I'd be happier if I would have resisted them. My advice, resist these desperations hard. Nobody is happy conforming. Your gratification from your teammates for sleeping with someone is minor and temporary, and the next time you want to impress them, you'll have to achieve something even more impressive to get validation. Is this worth the long-term trauma you left behind? Not only does this highlight how many different forms there are of sexual assault and sexual harassment and violation against the body, it also shows the mental fatigue that comes with it and how trauma can come up in many stages of your life and that help is out there at every aspect of it. It also is a social problem, but that does not take away from the importance of recognising the individual level of it and how we cannot pass the blame to victims, nor can we pass the blame to a culture the culture is there, but it is the choice of individuals to take up on that and act on it and resist it. And that's what this page is here for, to educate, to inform and to allow us to change our opinion. We're allowed to recognise our wrongdoings. We're allowed to recognise the faults of humanity because we're all human. But we need to strive for change and make that difference and make that impact. And this actually leads me on to the response I got um, from an Instagram question, which was, does it matter how long ago the incident was? And absolutely not. Um, incidents at any time can be talked about because trauma resurfaces for different people at different points of their life. The platform is there to recognise this and doesn't attach any stigma or labelling to the incident or the time or your age. Um, there's a growing movement called why I didn't report it 
which focuses on the possibility of not feeling your trauma instantly or even recognizing it, um, which is so okay and so normal. And they're saying they're there to help at any stage of the conversation to provide ease and support and comfort. And obviously it's completely, completely anonymous. Um, I asked that and I double checked that because I got it through on a lot of Instagram questions. And there is a whole lengthy process, no email, no name, no identifiers, just um, a digited code. And whenever you go there, obviously they offer you resources and you're more than welcome to identify yourself um, to them privately through Instagram Messenger, but they will never post nor will they ever attract attention to an individual um, because at the end of the day it's down to your comfort and your safety. Uh, there was also a really, really interesting question from someone through Instagram about male assault and decreasing the stigma. Now, the workers behind the platform itself want to reiterate that many survivors are men, non-binary and trans, and also not all attackers are men. Um, survivors of sexual assault may also become perpetrators of sexual assault as a traumatic response. So there's a gross misconception that men always want sex, whatever the situation Um there's different physiological responses and different gratification responses but that doesn't take away from the trauma or the event itself and this is very much attached to the gender binary focus um, that has been the narrative for so long of victimization and vulnerability and the association um, of patriarchy so they wanted to let you know that they're here for you They see and hear your trauma. It's real, it's valid, just like any other survivor. You're no less of a man, you're no less of a woman because of what's happened to you. There is no male essence and the patriarchal structure is making you believe that this is very much damaging. And they're working on producing um, informative educational resources to back this up and validate your response. Which actually leads on to another question we got through Instagram of is it purely online or will there be events, protests, face-to-face support and resources? Um, They believe their strength lies in the independence and ability to provide a neutral space which remains anonymous. Um, This anonymous digital space to tell stories um, is more to change the narratives around sexual assault, beginning a conversation and end the culture of silence. The benefit here lies in the fact that they're very close-knitted with It's Not Okay Durham, which is another student working group to tackle sexual violence, domestic abuse and support student survivors within the university. Um, So that provides a lot of opportunities for students to help create change within the institution itself through anonymously sharing the story, but also getting directly involved with the campaigns linked with It's Not Okay Durham. So they can point us in the direction of activism, but in order to provide the safest place possible that's anonymous for amplifying voices um, they will be committed to that role of sharing stories and committing to truths starting the conversation on an online space um, to vocalize experience so the movement is picking up pace um, and hopefully we will see changes on campus as a result of it but they themselves will only directly handle online initiatives that signpost you. This is the final question I received through Instagram um, and it's one again that I'm just going to directly quote from because I feel like my opinion in this one um, is very much resonates with what is being said here. So it was asked any tips on how to support a friend who's confided in you but doesn't want to come forward. The response was coming forward can look different for different people. Telling your story on a platform like this isn't for everyone, but reading other stories may help you get one step closer to seeing, seeking your own form of justice. 
The key steps to hearing a story are to recognise, acknowledge and validate. Don't judge or tell them what you'd do, just listen and ask what they'd like you you to do for them. Is your recognition enough? Do they want help reporting it? Are they suffering with the weight of the trauma and want you to hold them accountable for their own self-care? In your own time, familiarise yourself with what their story involved. Be it coercive behaviour, stealthing or unwanted physical contact, learn these definitions, read up and find resources useful for the specific case. Read over them on behalf of your friend to prevent any triggering and work out the best way to communicate this information to them to make sure they feel safe. The resources survivors need to recover are very different. Help them to find what works for them. Help them also rewrite narratives. Your eyes are objective, must remind them that nothing is their fault. See things in a way that they are unable to because of the possible guilt and denial symptomatic of sexual assault and remind them of the truth. Your role is to be there to help recognise and help them celebrate the small victories in an often long process of coming to terms with trauma. Lastly, look after yourself and seek to ease their load, not take it on yourself. And I just think that was so beautifully written and beautifully conveyed in the fact of someone who has been a victim is not an expert. It is not your place to judge. It is just there to listen and help in any way you can. But helping in any way you can does not have to be detrimental to your own mental health. And it is such a taboo topic that it can be so stigmatizing and so marginalized that you feel alone in their grief. But you need to recognize that it's nothing to be ashamed about. There's help and advice out there. And the conversation needs to be started and needs to be tackled sensitively, but practically. Um, and I just like to say, all in all, um, thank you so much to the people who are behind um, behind the initiative and behind the platform. And sorry, I'm taking it up because I just think it's a beautiful opportunity for everyone to be able to educate themselves and have that resource and support and it can all only good can come of this I truly believe that and before I leave you I'd just like to reiterate if you type into Instagram Durham University Survivors or their handle is Durham Survivors you'll find them on Instagram give them a follow they provide so many free resources they provide content warnings on all of their posts a lot of affiliated links that you can go um, educate yourself support If you want to share your own story, the link is in the bio and I will link it below in the podcast. And I just I am so grateful for having this opportunity to share it in any way I can. And even if it reaches one person that finds help and healing in this, I will be so proud and so, so grateful for the platform that has been created. And hopefully in future episodes, when I am myself back in Durham, maybe it will be from my uni halls, who knows, um, I will have someone on here who is much more qualified than I and I will be able to interview them and have an in-depth discussion with someone who is able to uh, not be anonymous and be able to share their identity and have a frank and honest discussion about what more we can do and how we can be better allies. So I look forward to that. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.